We're Life is Good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Daniel Madden! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham, that's excellent. Jude Bellingham, this is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent! Rina, brilliant from the American. Just like that. Best of clearances! Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Grant in for Holland! Hey, welcome to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How are you doing, man? How's it going? And breathe. Season we is... We made it. Yeah, we, we did make it. Oh, I'm pretty here. bummed about it. I know. I was just talking to you right before we started recording. I Like the last month or so, I was like, I just, you know, just waiting for it to be over. One more game and then, you know, move on and move on. And now that it's over, I'm like, damn. Yeah, considering how stressed and sad and all the ups and downs of this season... And we even said, ah, oh, we're just looking forward to the season being over. Yeah. Now it's here, and I am like, I am sad because it's just, it's nice to think about, oh, the nice days ahead. But then it's like, no matter how disappointed they make me every week, I still look forward to watching a yeah. game every weekend. And now it's like, I just, I don't have that. Are we bummed. Um, yeah. So we're here to recap our, our win, 2-1 win against Hertha Berlin. Um, we're not done. We're not, we're, we are going to take a, a little bit of a summer break, but we're not done, done with the podcast until next season. We're not just p- packing up and peacing out for a while. Uh, we are going to be back with a full on like season recap uh, next week. It will probably be a little bit later in the week. Uh, we might not record on the, the normal day, but that will be coming. We'll have more details about that uh, later in the episode. But yeah, this game recapping the Berlin game, talking about the big farewells. This was a weird game to watch. It felt like, I think someone, I saw someone online post something like, this is like when you're a senior and you're graduating high school and exactly. all your friends are disbanding because <laughs> it's like so many people are leaving. It's, it, it was a, it was a crazy day on, was it Saturday? It feels like a month ago already seeing everyone <laughs> leave, but man, yeah. Before we get into the lineup, Sammy, let's talk about the incredible support from the fans, you know, through and through of everyone that was leaving here. The Zork Tifo, I was hoping I could see that last week, and sure enough, we got to see incredible Tifo for him as uh, him as a player. And then the tenure that he spent as a sporting director, they had that support for him. And then they uh, lifted his Schme- uh, Schmelzer's jersey around and passed that around the South Stand, and that was incredible to see. And and as well as just the the different send-offs that they have for each player they're leaving, you know, they give them the flowers and everything, which is, I saw people online that were like, wow, this is incredible that, you know, people do, or this club does this for teams that, you know, hasn't even made like a hundred appearances or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's because like we actually care about our players mm-hmm. <laughs> and the supporters actually care about their players and um, not just, you know, money grabbers online that, you know, just kind of do everything or nothing that has any real substance. So yeah. Watching, the, the these like presentations or, or farewells, um, whatever you want to call them, it, it, I think a lot of people can look from the outside in at Dortmund and be like, oh, they're just a quick, let's get some youth in, let's sell mm-hmm. them off for big money. And I think there's something we even talked about early in the podcast because me as a newer Dortmund fan, 
Um, and you're kind of like, well, we kind of do that, but also not really. Like that's yeah. not necessarily our full on game plan. But to see those send offs really shows the the care that they have, and it's not just about making a profit. It's like they actually bring in these players, especially. I, I think part of it is because you do bring when you do bring them in at a young age, you kind of like they're kind of like raising some yeah. of these kids, literally. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool to see how much they give to the players, how much the the fans receive, like. Every time I watch Dortmund, I'm just so blown away. Just the fans, like the yellow wall, are away fans. J- just some some of the best in the world. It's, it's mind not blowing. The best in the world. Yeah, like, I I would argue the best in the world. Best it, in the world. It yeah. is it is mind blowing, man. You are every player that leaves here after a few years. Usually the younger players are leaving, saying like I'm so much more mature now, and you know you've you've elevated my game to levels that I could never imagine, and the support that I got from the you know from the fans day in and day out is always just incredible and. So, you know, I, I completely agree. We do have arguably the best supporters in the world with this kind of stuff. And another point to tackle on top of that, not only the farewells for and people like Schmelly and uh, Zork for the TIFOs at the beginning, also Berkey got the start going yeah. into the lineups. Yeah. I know, you know, we were kind of hesitant these past few weeks. Adam was saying he's not really thinking about it, which I, I know you and I kind of were thinking it was going to happen. And then hearing that, and I was like, oh, that's actually a decent point. Maybe he might not. And, you know, that would be pretty shocking if he didn't. Uh, if we just kind of, you know, showed him out the door like that, but no, he got a proper, um, send off as well to, you know, spend another game in front of the yellow wall and, you know, try to, uh, get a clean sheet, but again, get screwed by a penalty that we're conceding, <laughs> which go figure that's like clockwork. And, um, yeah, three, four, three with this one, I think if I'm not wrong, it's the same lineup as the weekend or the week before with Chan and Akenji and Zagadou in the back, and then Wolf Guerrero in the wings, Witzel and Bellingham as the double pivots, Royce and Brandt as the attacking mids, and Holland up top. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on the lineup? Um, I mean, it it was at 3-4-3. Three, three. It yeah. wasn't necessarily like this weird hybrid slash whatever they show us on TV is not what's happening on the field or like we don't really know what's going on. So I was surprised to see the, the straight-up 3-4-3, three, three, um, which is cool, and I, I mean, I liked it, and something we've, we've talked about a lot. And I, I, I mean, for this game, it was, <laughs> I don't know about this game. <laughs> this game, I think, okay, I, I want to take it back to last week real quick because we had Adam on, and we are doing our predictions, and we're all, because we're thinking big send-offs. Everyone's going to ball out. Holland's going to get a hat trick. We're like, you would think. We all predicted like five, well, I don't know what your prediction was, but Adam it, and I were like 5-1, yeah, I yeah. think. Essentially I think it was send 4-1 or something like that, yeah. <laughs> and then, as soon as I started watching this game, I was like, oh, yeah, reality check. <laughs> we got to remember how we've been playing all season. What makes us think we're going to win? I mean, we have had some big wins. But, yeah, this this game starting was kind of a reality check. It's like, no, this is going to be kind of how we've been playing most of the season and not those weird anomaly games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I've been so optimistic the past month and a half or so of just saying, like, you know what, next game we're really going to turn it on and show – you know, our true identity of having, you know, the passion and fire of Dortmund and the players are going to get out there and, and take the game to the other opponent and make it, you know, completely just devastating to play against. But no, it's, it's just, it's very passive and half-hearted again. I mean, this whole first half, defensively, unstable, unsure of themselves. Offensively, unimaginative, unsure of themselves and not creative at all. And mentally, uninspired. And again, unsure of themselves, in my opinion. I feel like this is the third game in a row now where I've said this, where... Yes, but two of them, two of those games being at home. And of, of course, there are players that do bring the right mentality. Jude never shies away from a challenge. Chan never shies away from a challenge. Holland, obviously very physical. But as a collective, as a team, as a unit, 
what mentality are we trying to bring every single day onto the field? And it just looks like nothing. I can't think of an identity that we've, that, or from, that you can gather from a performance this season and say like, this is, this is what it's about. And it sucks because I know, I know you're not like a new fan as in this season, but a relatively newer supporter. And I wish I could point to a game and show you like, this is exactly what it's supposed to be like, but yeah, yeah struggling to find any sort of inspiration and fire and just, I mean, we had 70, let me go back and double check, 74% of the possession in this game, 74% of the possession, and still, in my opinion, looked completely out of control. I mean, we we could not get anything going offensively, could not get into their final third that easily. I mean, usually we can kind of break through the pressing lines and then kind of get a little hesitant towards, you know, around the opposition's box, but this game didn't know what to do at any sense. And again, uh, even on defensively as well, very unsure. Yeah. We, I mean, that's something we pointed out a lot last week. We kind of hit hard on it as far as getting it to the final third or the 18 and mm-hmm. just like losing the ball. And like you said, un- unsure, not know what to do. And it's, I mean, it, it, yeah, I don't know, but it's it, not even just, it's again, it's not even just offensively. It's just in general, our mentality is just so uninspiring looking where, I mean, Hertha Berlin, this game, came out and played for their livelihoods. Now, again, they knew the circumstances, so they were probably bumping up their game a bit to try to really try to fight against relegation. But it, in, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. Every week, I, it, listeners can go back. Feel free to go back to the episodes last week, the previous week, and I'll say, man, this team, this blank team, came out and wanted to compete. Bochum. I mean, first, same way. Same way. They, could, they tried to get a result out of us, and with us, I mean, we're just kind of going out there half-hearted like it's a job, going through the motions and not really caring as a unit again. Not that there aren't uh, individuals who are trying to put their time in and their effort in, but it's as a team. It's a team game. Yeah, and I know I know there's outside talk, whether it's pundits or whoever, talking about going into this game. Obviously, Dortmund has nothing to play for. We're, we're stuck in second. Uh, nothing's on the line, but... And, and if that if that's the excuse, like outside people looking in, if that's an excuse for how this poorly this game might have gone, look at any other game because this yeah. is what it's been the whole or, time. Or you know what? Even you know, if someone wants to say that argument of, you know, we well, have nothing to play for. You're in second place, and this game doesn't matter whatsoever. It's the last game of the season. I'm sorry. It's still a game at home. You still have tens of thousands of supporters of supporters are putting their money, and you know they worked hard for that money to go and pay for these tickets, and they are putting so much effort and passion into giving you the support that you need on the field and you are giving them nothing in return as well as how many players are sending off, you know, fair, their farewells. You don't want to show them, you know, the respect of trying to get a, a result and a, a, I mean, which we did, we did get the win, but we didn't play like we wanted to win to get a result for players like Schmelzer for players like Berkey for uh, Mikel Zork, any of those players, you can go down the list. There's plenty of them. And it, again, just didn't look like they cared. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I think, well, okay. I was, I was going to talk about fans and you're like, they're showing up and spending money. And we mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast, like eight minutes ago, how amazing the Dortmund fans are. And that's are. what makes it so disappointing mm-hmm. to, uh, what was it like five weeks ago when they finally like full capacity back in the stadium Yeah, and that was that the Leipzig game? Yeah, there was. Looked, yep. So like, woo. What we're talking about, we have the, the best supporters in the world. They show up the most. They go harder than any other supporters and fans. And then, like, why? It's like, it's they're, they're giving a, them no reason to. Yep. yep. They're, like, lucky for the team that these 
the supporters are still going as hard as they do, mm-hmm. but they haven't given them a reason to. Yeah. This is what's been frustrating. And not just this game, but the, the last. It's a slap in the face. It, so and mentally, it was a struggle all game, in my opinion. But we'll break down a little bit more of the specifics here. I mean, misplaces, misplaced passes, excuse me, left and right. Whew, it was it, This was not one of Chan's best games. I think on FOTMA, FOTMA, whatever you want to, however you pronounce it, uh, had Chan down as a pretty solid rating, which I don't know where they got that from. I mean, for me watching Chan this game, I don't know how many times he gave up position com- or possession yeah. completely unnecessarily. Couldn't get really anything going on that right-hand side until the only real chance that I can remember in the first half or even maybe the game, like the first and only clear-cut chance was whenever right before the half when Wolf um, bring the ball into Brandt and he had that beautiful, I think he had like two or three touches to get around the Berlin uh, defenders but still couldn't get a shot off, unfortunately. Or if it was, it was just blocked. But uh, other than that, not really anything else going for us. I mean, really hard to get Holland involved in this game. I want to say like, Maybe it was like the 40th or even maybe 50th minute. I was like, is Holland on the field? Like, are we getting like proof of that? Is, is there a source? I, again, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was too casual, no urgency, and just didn't care. So there's a moment in uh, this game, I feel like pretty early on in the game, and I don't remember who the commentator was. He's like the color commentator guy. He's a, I should know because he's an old Dortmund player, and he does a lot of the ESPN Bundesliga stuff. But there was a time where he mentioned if – the Dortmund players were as fired up or passionate as Marco Rosa is, mm-hmm. then this whole season would have been a different story. And I know we've talked about Rosa a lot, and we'll probably get into it more next week, but since it was brought up in this game by a former Dortmund player... I don't know how to pronounce his full name. I think they connect it to Otto Addo. I think so. But, um, yeah, he's he's one of the retired players, and I know he does like a lot of content stuff and, is, uh, yeah, obviously covers Bundesliga games, but go on. What are your... I mean, we've probably answered this question before. But if it, earlier in earlier episodes, because uh-huh. it's been a thing all season, why, like what is it? Why do you think Marco Rosa is struggling so much to get these players fired up? Because that's what it is. If he's got so much passion, why can't he translate that to the players? Why have they been so lackadaisical all season? Is it like, uh, is it uh, the inconsistency of it and just them not being able to gel together because the inconsistency with injuries, or is it just? They don't care. Yeah, it's the million-dollar question. And I think I, I might have mentioned, you know, somewhat similarly to this before, but I think it's just, a, you know, you can point to a few different factors. I don't think it's one glaring thing, and, you know, if we fix that, it's all fixed, and, you know, two center backs, and we're good for next season. It's it's a lot of different things. I think it's recruitment of getting players that actually want to be here, which, thankfully, I think we signed all three players this summer that do want to be here. can't remember the last time in a, in a I don't know, I could be wrong, one of the few seasons where we signed someone that's like, Maybe besides Jude, but like I want to be here. Um, yeah, injuries obviously tough to get any momentum going whenever you're constantly switching out the squad and picking at uh, different parts of your game and trying to manipulate things. It's going to be hard to build any sort of consistency, as and as well as maybe the players just aren't buying into Rose's philosophy at the moment. I think those are probably the three biggest factors. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, and we mentioned it before too, how this is this isn't necessarily a Marco Rosa team. Like he didn't mm-hmm. sign these players really. Um, so that's the positive thing looking forward is we have all these players coming in who are coming in under Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully he, he was part of the conversation in bringing these players in. He had conversations with these players directly, uh, which is going to make the relationship moving forward a lot better. Hopefully I'm yeah, just going to be hopefully. optimistic and, and, and hope for the best. Um, yeah, I want to, if you wouldn't mind, I still want to yep. touch on a few things in this first half. 
Oh, well, I was going to go right to the 15-minute mark. And oh, okay, go, go for it. Yeah, I yeah, please. Mention, That's exactly what I was going to bring up next. Well, I was going to say, I mentioned it a lot, like give you a little insight on how I watch games, and I always uh-huh. take notes, and I always say, 15 minutes, I like to do my little recaps on my phone. And mm-hmm. how many times has this happened where we hit the 15-minute mark, and I'm about to like type, things are looking okay, not great, and then literally right on 15-minute yeah. mark, they score, which is what happened here. <laughs> All due respect to Zagadu, and... Love the guy to death. I've, you know, he's been arguably my favorite player at Dortmund for the last few years, but he gave us a proper farewell with conceding a penalty and getting injured in the same match. I, I was actually laughing out loud when he went out. I mean, not, the, not that it, like that was funny. I'm not laughing at like him getting injured, but at the just same the time, irony. it's like, man, that's, <laughs> it's just like clockwork. Yeah. Him just being su- unbelievably error prone and just ill-disciplined with his defending in the box. Yeah, conceding a penalty and to Belfadil, no less. I know Adam last week was saying, like, hopefully Belfadil doesn't uh, net another one against us. And sure enough, it was a decent penalty, though. I do got to say, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've i said before, I think Berkey has saved, like, I think it's two penalties in his entire tenure at Dortmund. And I didn't know that stat, but I was like, Berkey's saving this. He's oh, keeping really? a good sheet. <laughs> that's, <laughs> see, that's what, that's what I was thinking, though, because he's only done, had two, and I was like, man, wouldn't it be beautiful if like he gets like a not only a clean sheet this game, but like a fucking penalty save? I thought he dove. I thought he dove pretty well. I mean, it was it was just a really well taken penalty, and it's just hard to get down to your bottom corner that you know that quick. I, I think that's where I mean, that's personally where I put my penalties too, bottom left. There's just a corner in general on the ground. I think it's harder for keepers to get to that, but. Yeah, another another slap in the face and a shock for the supporters. Fifteen minutes in at home and you're one nil down. I mean, whew. twenty or thirty minutes in, I'm thinking this this team needs two things in their game right now. One, a Dahoud, someone with a high work rate, uh, able to open up those low blocks and compact defensive uh, stru- statures and structures, uh, break those pressing lines and open up some plays. Dahoud would have done wonders for this team as well as. Jamie Bino Gittens. I, I wrote that down before he came on. I can assure you that. And someone to run at defenders, take on, take them on, and one uh, win one v ones. Excuse me. Provide much needed pace. Provide much needed width. He's exactly the player that we've been missing since Sancho's departure. He's exactly the kind of player we've been missing. And uh, thankfully, we got one of those at the half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which that was surprising to see. I guess we're going to skip ahead to halftime, which is fine because there was nothing really nothing. Else about this nothing. first half. Um, I'm glad that we saw a halftime change. Like clearly we mm-hmm. needed something and it we didn't have to wait till 82 or 83 minutes to see some subs. Which is, that's a Rosa masterclass for you, <laughs> making those useless 80th minute subs. But actually I do want to go back real quick before I contradict yeah. myself. I, the only, the real chance, I think it was the only real chance in that game was going back to that Brant uh, shot, which was again a great touch by him, a great play by him. Just couldn't finish it, unfortunately. But yeah, other than that, you could skip that entire first half pretty much. Just watch the farewells right when the whistle blows, skip to the second half. And then, yeah, you have Jamie Bynell Gittens coming in. Definition of a game changer. Again, you needed that much needed width and pace, someone to take on those 1v1s and bring on a bit more urgency as well. And I think that's exactly what happened. It didn't look great by any means that second half, but not him, the team. But yeah, JBG lighting it up, man. I am so excited to watch him progress and just turn into a, a world-class talent next season. Not, you know, next season he's going to be a world-class talent, but yeah, he's going to start that journey. Right, sorry, next season, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so crazy how, I mean, how, I, I didn't, ex- I know we, we kind of call it, we're like, bring this guy on. And I mean, I was more turned on to him when during the UEFA Youth League, I probably yeah. didn't know anything about him, honestly, before yeah. that. Like maybe saw some things here and there, but didn't really know much about him. Till the 
all the U, uh, the youth league stuff when they were kicking on and he was kicking on and doing great. And then we start seeing these calls like, yeah, bring them on. Like, let's mm-hmm. do it. Like, let's get this guy in. And then I did not expect like it to go so well, but he's just been able to produce. He, he makes yeah. stuff happen on the field yep. and it's been, it's just been awesome. And I don't know how the first half of his season with the U19s went or was going, but you almost have to ask the questions like, why wasn't he an option sooner? Yeah. Yeah. Con- I mean, considering I, the injuries and, and everything that's and happened with the team. I think, I think like the only county you could say to that is, is like Rosa doesn't like wingers. And it's like, man, and, and you know, I've been hearing that online a bunch and I hear that from him as well and in different aspects of his you know career and in this season, but it's like, clearly your plan's not working and he brings on a lot that can provide this team the things it needs or resources it needs to go and actually score goals and bring some urgency because man, that, I don't know what uh, you know he's trying to get at with having no wingers right now, but it has been difficult as hell to score goals for a team like Dortmund with a team and also with like a player like Holland, arguably the next best striker in the world, and we're really struggling to put anything in goals. So, yeah, I mean, all, all credit to Jamie Bynal Gittens. I remember watching Sancho years back whenever he made his debut and stuff, and very similar, very similar in their game uh, plays, but. I would argue Jamie, Jamie Bynal Gittens has more of the pace. I mean, Sancho was a quick player. Don't get me wrong. He's very, very quick. And so is Bynal Gittens. But Bynal Gittens has this, like the actual pace and sprinting ability as well. I mean, he is lightning quick like Knauf. And, well, and he clocked the fastest yeah, player yeah, yes, on the he did. pitch too. Yep. This game. Which, you know, that doesn't surprise me. And, uh, you know, again, brought on a lot more urgency and uh, conceded, or excuse me, Berlin conceded that penalty and we were able to convert that, which... Was it the most convincing penalty by Holland, by the way? Whew. I remember I, you saw the replay of, of Lutka just getting his foot on that. I mean, that was, that was I think, that could have been easily, uh, not easily saved, but uh, easily kept out if he just had a little bit more lucky of a touch with that foot because, I mean, keepers, when they get that right, when they're jumping to one side, but notice the ball's coming in and they lift their feet real quick, you can, you can get a good save on that. and Just unlucky for Lutka, but... Lucky for Holland, and, and he just lit up after that. You know, it, it, it was, was really cool. cool to see. It was cool to see him having that passion. I, that's a, what I was talking about last week is where has been that been? You know, and I, maybe it's just because of his farewell, but like I want to see players doing that more often and just running up to the yellow wall, and you're seeing beers fly everywhere and like confetti and shit and music's blaring, and they're kicking down the flags. I wanted to see more of that. But, th- yeah, thankfully Holland brought on a little bit more of that um, kind of mentality and passion after scoring that goal. Yeah, I so with that mentality and, and celebrations or lack there of celebrations that we've seen in, in more recent games, I think it does go back to just how this season was and probably mentally taxing and draining on these players to where when good stuff happens, uh, it's hard, still hard for them to get excited because how negative I think the atmosphere yeah. environment has been and, and just not a good not a good overall situation I think it was for for everybody, which is why it was hard to even be excited when good stuff happened. Because most of the time when good stuff did happen, we still weren't playing great Like yeah. when, when there were goals and stuff. So this this was so cool to see. And one, one thing that I love seeing and I love watching games with the yellow wall and everyone packed out and just our, how hype our fans is. I know I every, every episode I have to mention Twitter and everything I see on Twitter yeah. and how it makes me mad or how people are stupid and everything. But that that's that's the passion like i yeah. love you actually see the passion yep um and that that's just the difference difference between real world and people sitting behind their keyboards mm-hmm. um so and i love to see it and you i don't know if it was right after the goal or after the game or maybe before when holland was getting his farewell but he looked you could just see the emotion in his face like man 
I'm going to miss this. And I was watching that and thinking, dude, you're going to Man City. You're not yep. going to get that much. I, like, oh, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Kind of love. Yeah, it's it's a soulless ghost town over there. I don't, I don't care if I you know, say it on the air, man. Man City. Oh, no. Yeah. Watching that for I don't know how long and how many games I see the empty had and just lack of any sort of support. Have you never heard that before? I didn't coin that. That's not, that's not something I made yeah, up. I don't but, watch a lot of Man City. So but um, I was, I was wondering that before the game as well. Like, oh man, I wonder how, like what mentality Holland's going to have and the facial expressions he's going to be having. Is it going to be more like, eh, I'm just kind of getting ready to be out of here. But it, it didn't bring a tear to mind, but it, it damn well came close whenever towards the end that, yeah, he was getting not his farewell, but, uh, at the end of the game when he was just in front of the yellow wall and yep. you could see him just slowly taking it all in and the atmosphere and just the overwhelming love and support from from everyone in the South Stand. It was it was uh it was pretty chef's kiss, if I say so myself. You know um, who who did have tears in their eyes. This is also a quick pause from the game, but Mikhail Zork. Oh yeah. Dude, oh uh, that and just watching that I was like, Oh man. And mm-hmm. I, I know like earlier this season I was kind of critical because there was some comments that he said after a game. But I mean he was kind of calling out like um, the bad situation at the club, but and my thought was like, well, aren't you like kind of the guy who should have been like yeah. working and fixing this? But I think seeing that reaction, and this is this is me as a newer fan too, trying to like catch up and yeah. figure out the club and this situation with the club over the years. Seeing that, um, that reaction from him, seeing all the players on the pitch, seeing Makoko, who we'll get to, run off the pitch, go up and hug him, and then also you take in Holland. You take in Jude. You take in all these. You take in Royce. You take in all these players that he has been the part of, like building. Maybe we haven't been a cohesive unit this year, but we are still. I mean, these players are fantastic. Yeah. No matter how poor we've been playing this year, and to see that, like, this is the guy. This his influence, his direction. You can't help but like have so much respect for him. Oh yeah, forty-four years. I was going to say and. Seeing him cry, I was like, I want it. I want to cry. This spent is- spent his entire career here, uh, five hundred and seventy two competitive matches and seventeen seasons, as well as you know countless seasons afterwards of being a sporting director. I, I, all, all props to the guy. I, and also, I, I only know broken German. I've taken like two classes in my life, and I try to learn a little bit more online. So I was only just gathering context clues of every other sentence or so, getting a few words here and there. But it was really touching what he was saying. I mean. Again, for everything that he dedicated time, money, effort, blood, sweat, and tears to this club for the last few decades, again, uh, hat off to the guy. I absolutely have nothing but respect for him, and uh, I'm sad to see him go. But a few things before. I, there was some other uh, farewells I wanted to get to as well, but real quick to wrap up the actual game part of it is you have, yes, I think the first sub was in the 82nd minute with Zagadou getting injured. That's right, as Pongratchit's coming on. So you get to see, I guess, Pongratch's put in a few more minutes for us, which is, I guess, if you're a fan of his and, and yippee, but then you have a uh, Mukoko. I, I mean. No, he did his part. He did his he part. He did his part. Yeah. I, I, he's always won. Anytime he came on, I'm like, I, I'm i surprised we didn't see him some more. I always felt he gave us a bit of consistency when mm-hmm. he came on. Yeah, he, he wasn't, I, I don't think he was anything special, really, in, yeah. in, in, in any part of his game, but yeah, he was reliable, I think, especially towards the beginning of the season. I mean, he was, he was kind of bossing up our defense. So, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm cracking my knuckles. I, I just realized I came to the feed. <laughs> sorry him, about that. Here's him popping yeah. in your ears. Um, Carver. And then you have Mukoko coming on in the 83rd minute, which I was just like, my head and my uh, hands just going like, God, this kid just keeps getting like five minutes a game. I don't expect, I don't get how you expect him to have any sort of impact. 
And then and he boom, did. he finished. <laughs> I was so How happy. This impact. Yeah. <laughs> For, no, first touch. First touch of the game. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep. So and that's good. all you need from Mukoko. But I don't want to take anything away from Jude Bellingham's unbelievably beautiful ball to assist him. I mean, that ball, that's what they call the grass cutter. Whenever it's just barely lifting the ground, you know, and just trimming the trimming the grass, giving a nice light uh, cut on top, and just a beautiful, but perfectly weighted too. I, I don't know how many yards of uh, how long of a pass that was, but just a gorgeous ball to Makoko and just incredible finish as well. I mean, yeah. take nothing away from either of those two players. I mean, it's an outstanding finish and the angle was yep. crazy. He like he needed the post to get it in, and oh man, it was that's not his so first good. time scoring from a hard angle as well. For, Wasn't his and first seemed, goal was. I kind of it wasn't that I, I don't want, think it was that deep, but it was kind of. I want to say it was against Union Berlin, if I'm not wrong. And if it if it was, then I know exactly what you're talking about because it was, was it, it was like on the volley a, one. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean that's not hard. I mean that is not easy to do, man. I mean his ability to find space, make those. It was a good run that he made, well timed, and know how to score from those incredibly difficult angles is is extremely impressive. But again, he's a, it's an insane finish for and finisher for his age. Excuse me. Really, really hope he gets more minutes next season because he, he completely deserves it in my opinion. Um, so then you walk away with a win. Thankfully we, yeah. we, uh, we, I, we I got you, out, but I told you when we were, uh, before we were recording, but like that goal, I just like audibly screamed in my house. My mm-hmm. dog was like very freaking out. She didn't know what was going on, but <laughs> one great goal. Great for Makoko. Although I did, I thought it was JBG. who scored it at first, um, which made me really excited too. And then obviously we got the win, so yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm super happy Mokoko was able to net another one, it, even though, you know, he, he doesn't get much time. It was it was cool to see him, you know, go out and score another one for the team, and yeah, and then Rainier had a nice farewell. Did he? I didn't even I didn't know he come on. He came on honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was gonna be my thing. I was, that's what I was gonna say. He came on and he disappeared again. Sadly, I, don't I, I really just talk crap on a guy. I really don't know nothing. if he. I, I, no, he came I on the ninetieth minute, okay, so okay. I don't know. I don't remember how much stoppage time there was, but he did not get a lot of action. I think that he stepped on for uh, Holland, so Holland got a nice applause walking off the pitch. Yeah, yeah, he he got a nice standing. Oh, it was it was nice to see him play, but it's funny. I had no idea that uh, he was even on the pitch. Um, yeah, then thankfully ESPN was able to you know uh, stay live at the stadium. Of, I think it was at least like 10 or 15 minutes afterwards after the game. So you get to see all these, you know, uh, send offs and, you know, the players soak it in for the last time this season, which is great because I remember whenever I, I first turned it on, it was like, uh, it's going to go live at eight 25 and the game was at eight 30. And it's like, you're, you're, people are paying for this service. And it's like, we'll give you five minutes for the last game if you're lucky. And even then it was like eight 27 and it was not on. So I don't know if that was oh, really? just my laptop at that part at that point, but I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's so annoying. Well, there uh, was. I wonder. Okay, so I didn't catch this. So I was like watching the the beginning of the game. I, I didn't honestly didn't catch much of it. But there was a feed. I think it was on ESPN, normal ESPN. They were doing a Bundesliga pre-show kind of thing. So they might have had a lot going on with that, and not the actual ESPN Plus feed. Yeah. Which still though, it, it makes it so confusing. It is confusing. Yeah, you, you never. They don't do that every Saturday. You don't always get a big Bundesliga pre-show, which nope. L- Lutz was on, by the way. Mm-hmm. L- our our homie Lutz, our homie Lutz, <laughs> uh, Berkey the town. 
Yeah, and then you got to see, uh, we already covered it, but um, Zork's speech and see him on the field with the players and all the like the little kids running around. I was watching the game with yeah. uh, my girlfriend and she was freaking out with all the babies on the pitch. She's like, look at that one. Look at that one. <laughs> which they're all really cute. Uh, there was a few of them, which like I think the kid that was walking with uh, Bellingham, he had like a 10 and Vinny on his back. I wonder whose kid that was. I was like, Bellingham doesn't have a kid. And... I, I I know like a good amount of our other our players that do have kids. Like I know like Vitzel's kids were with him. Like Royce. I don't think we shout out Vitzel earlier, but obviously he's one who's yeah Vitzel. Who's, that's who's another. Going. That's yeah. That is true. That is kind of disrespectful on my part. But yeah, Vitzel actually played pretty decent, I guess, for what he could do in this game. And yeah, he dedicated a lot to this club too these last few years. I mean, he was, in my opinion, like top three center midfielders in the league his first year with us uh, under Favre. So yeah, he's. He's absolutely um, gained my respect in that aspect for sure for, you know, being a, a Borussian. So oh, I lost my train of thought after the Vitzel You're thing. Talking but, about kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was just, it was just cool to see those kids. And anyone, everyone else, I mean, Gio was there looking like he was at a golf tournament. Did you see what he was wearing? No, I didn't get it. Was, it was, was I mean, like it's fine. I'm, I don't care whatever people wear, but it, it was just funny. He was wearing like, uh, like pink khaki shorts and like a white T-shirt and a white hat. And it was just like. No, so I, sorry, I just got off the back nine. <laughs> I had the worst. This was the worst. Okay, Carbon and I also talked pre before we started recording. Mm-hmm. I was pretty busy this morning. Worst day to like not watch the full broadcast and and really take everything in. I mean, I got I got some of it here and there, but I was had a busy morning, unfortunately, so I didn't get to get, get the full feeling of the final send off. That's un, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But either way, Poser. yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was cool to see you know, Gio and all these other players. And then uh, Schmelzer come out as well. That was awesome to see. And then Schmelzer go into the stands and do some chants with the supporters too. Also very cool. I love that, you know, in, in this at, or the Dortmund atmosphere, you know, players can like feel safe going into a ginormous crowd of people and then them like bringing him down slowly and safely and then giving them or giving him like the tools to, you know, start chants and everything. That's really cool to see, you know I mean? There can be obviously really passionate and, and uh, great fans and stuff, but then, you know, players don't want to get near them because they can be, I don't know, some people can be dangerous, which I understand in some aspects, but it's cool that the players are feeling comfortable enough to be yeah. around the supporters is what I'm getting at, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> was so, I mean, I, know I just was like, I didn't catch any of it, but it, it's yeah. just, I think I, I keep going back to the fans, and while you're talking about that, and I was just thinking about, Bundesliga overall, and I kind of want to give an honorable mention. I should have done it earlier before we start praising Dortmund and everything. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention to the Hertha Berlin fans because they traveled great. I know they had a, the big reason to play um, and a big reason to try to stay in uh, or get out of the rele- relegation fight, I guess. Um, but they were they were nuts. They were wild, and I love their like jumping across. I, it's just this is mm-hmm. me just praising not them, but Bundesliga overall. Bundesliga German fans are. Freaking incredible, and I love watching it. Yeah, the the Bundesliga fans in general are are absolutely wild. It, all props to you know how the, the tifos they put on and everything. And this is just solely out of speculation. I don't know for sure, but I did see online some people saying that the Berlin supporters were booing whenever Zork was doing his farewell speech. And if that's the case, fuck them. Okay, I'm gonna delete that whole <laughs> section. Actually, got to keep it in so that we can come back and yeah. be like, I take it all back. Dunk on they them real suck. quick. <laughs> Um, cool when they were jumping back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Through them. I, I really don't know if that was true or not. I, I didn't personally hear that, but I also 
I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't put it past some drunk people being assholes and I guess some teams having assholes for supporters, but I take back literally everything. <laughs> suck. Suck. But they did have that, that, that wild energy. No, no, yeah. <laughs> can't even let forget about it. Um, They're the worst. Uh, I hope, man, I hope there's no one else that we're missing from those send offs. And it was a guard of honor. I mean, Marvin hits as well. Oh yeah. If we haven't mentioned him, I'm, uh, you know, well, he, he was, I mean, he, he wasn't here for too long. No, I, he's, he mentioned his send off on socials and that was going around. And then obviously Berkey got the start, which I mean, for good reason, Berkey. Got yeah. The start, I would have taken Berkey wasn't too. Even on the, the bench either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. 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 He's been, he's been good when he's yeah. coming. So he's, yeah, I think we had the best part. number two in the league for a solid two or three seasons. Whenever we first signed hits, I mean, he's a, he's a very quality uh, goalkeeper. So to have him, you know, coming in as a, um, as a rotation or a, a sporadic player, you know, over that ability, it's, that was, that was, that was a good play for us to kind of deal that business a few years back. But yeah, um, you know, all, all credit to hits as well. I don't think there's any, I hope there's no one else that I'm missing. I'm going to feel really bad if so, but at the end of the day, three points, bittersweet to see some people leave and uh, we march on to next season, which can't think of a single supporter who isn't incredibly excited. I mean, we have already, a handful of really insane signings, three of them German internationals. We have really, and I'm talking like, I cannot understate this, really exciting players in our U19s coming up uh, in the coming months or in the coming year or two. I mean, we have like a handful of real uh, strikers that are completely uh, disappearing from our mind at the moment, unfortunately, but a handful of really good strikers that we signed over the last year or so. And again, Jamie Bino Gittens, hopefully Mukoko getting more minutes. I am very excited for everything. And I can't wait to, you know, recap the entire season next week once we get into, you know, um, our accolades and ratings for each player, and which we'll get into next week. But yeah. uh, Well, they just signed this. Uh, this is going to be terrible because I don't know, and I should have, like, taken notes. I saw it on Instagram. We just signed, like, a U.S. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, the guy from Atlanta. Atlanta who's been playing in Sweden or somewhere like that. I don't think he's American, but he, he does play he's for Atlanta. Pass, he's got a U.S. passport. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from the Atlanta Academy now, but he's been playing in Sweden or, or somewhere up there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think he's—I don't think he's going to come in and be a first team. No. But he'll be probably playing with the U19s, but that's exciting. Yeah, and you, you can keep going. I mean, Koulibaly, Kamara, Namdi Collins—I would imagine—is going to get a call up in the next year. I mean, just a list of really great potential coming through the ranks. Very excited. Um. So. I know next week we'll probably get into this stuff more. Um, and I know I know people get excited when we talk transfers and w- want our thoughts and everything, which is awesome. I pre I I'm so appreciative. We've had a lot of a lot of new listeners over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, there was some big signing news, so I, I understand people probably see signing news. They they want to hear our takes, and it's so cool that people like give us the time of day and be like, oh, like mm-hmm. they value our opinion. Um, so I do apologize that we don't always get into transfers, yeah. uh, especially really early in the season when everyone was calling for it, when it's like a little too early. But, but yeah, not to cut you off, but I just want you know, I would imagine the reason we're not talking about it more is just because you don't want to stir up useless speculation with yeah. players. But, like, cause you can go on Twitter every single day and you're going to be like Dybala to Dortmund and Gundogan back to Dortmund. And well, it's I was like, I'm going to ask you about that. No, dude. <laughs> No, but no, exactly. And if you go to our Twitter feed, little plug at the BVB Pod on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram, we're not one of those accounts. We're not trying to be one of those accounts where we're just trying to get likes and be like, oh, exactly, yeah, rumor exactly. news. And then like the your news sources, literally Google or like you or another Twitter account mm-hmm. that also probably made it up 
these just these just random publicists that don't have anything and they're like you know these weird dot net websites with no absolute sources or backing of information and yeah, you know, I'm putting up my thumbs right now, but we, we, we value your time and, you know, we appreciate you always spending an hour of your time with us to actually listen to us ramble for, so, you know, we want to, we want to value your, atten- your attention and not, you know, spam you with things that are not true and just unnecessary, so. But thank you uh, to all the new listeners who are still mm-hmm. sticking around, who, who jumped in on those last couple episodes where we had the, uh, well, Sule was a while ago, but uh, Slaughterbeck and then Adeyemi, yeah. la- our last couple episodes, we got to talk about that. So obviously that's really exciting. One thing we we brought up, or I guess we heard from the club was, maybe that maybe this wasn't true either. Maybe this was just a random Twitter thing. But it, they made it sound like there was already a striker, like that they had lined up, mm-hmm. like a replacement. It seems like they already had that replacement. We did make the joke that they were going to come out and be like, yeah, it's Mullen. Um, or maybe it is Mukoko. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> possibly. But... And, and it, okay, this is just me reading into Twitter too much, but it it almost surprised me that we haven't seen that or any more signs of that yet. Obviously, we're being linked with Holler a lot. Yeah. Holler, is that how you say Yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I'm like, since those rumors are heating up a little bit, it's like, is he the signing? Yeah. And just a real quick, I want to, we finally got our first email earlier oh, yeah. from a, from a, <laughs> I'm not going to say his last name just to keep his anonymity, but uh, Christopher asked something that's sort of along the lines of that same thing. It was just like, what do you guys feel about Hilaire and everything? And I mean, I don't have anything against him. I, I followed him for a few years now from his first year at Frankfurt to West Ham and then now to Ajax. He's going to be obviously the physical presence that we could really use up top, uh, a proven finisher at this kind of level, especially in the Bundesliga. And he's established striker, but uh, I also think that our priority should still be a number six. I think it should have been a number six even before at a yummy, you know, call me crazy, but I think we still have some glaring issues to really fix at the back. We have two incredible center backs. Don't get me wrong, but we also have only three that we know of for sure going to be here next season that are fit and can perform at that kind of, at this kind of a level on a regular basis, hopefully. So, you know, if you're not having a proper DM to back them up, I think we're really going to have the same pretty much, you know, exact same issues going into next season. So I think we're going to need to still, you know, plug up some holes towards the back end of the pitch and then work our way up. But I, yeah, I, I'm excited about Haller. If we can, if I, you know, obviously don't know the financials of the team, but if we can somehow land Haller and a, just like a half decent, reliable defensive mid that could bring some muscle and uh, IQ to the pitch unbelievable transfer window. I mean, unbelievable. Everything you could ask for to be really, you know, addressed was really addressed. I mean, there are some other things you could look at, but I don't think there were near as glaring problems as the center backs are placing for Holland and a box to box midfielder, you know? Um, so on, Whew, that was a long rant. No, that, no, that was good. <laughs> and it, I got another question from it. I don't see this scenario playing out. I feel like they are going to sign a striker, but what if the scenario, how, how comfortable do you feel if, with our attacking options, say we, we they don't sign like a central striker. They don't mm-hmm. sign a straight up Holland. Oops. Holland Carver punching the mic. So I just punched. <laughs> I've, for all the time I spent in studios, I've punched a lot of microphones in my day. So you're good. Um, <laughs> say they don't sign a straight up central striker replacement, straight up Holland replacement, mm-hmm. but they do sign like an amazing CDM. I'd be fine with that. And you, do you think like our so looking at our attacking options? Maybe uh, you kind of play somewhat of a false nine situation or like looking at a front three with yeah. Malin, Adeyemi, mm-hmm. one of our mm-hmm. Royce or one of our other guys. Like you, you could go back to 
uh, I want to say, God, I hope, I think it's the second year under Favreau when we started to run the 3-4-3, three, three, and, and it was an interchanging front three of Hazard, uh, Royce, and um, Sancho. At times, obviously, Alcacer, whenever he'd come on for, you know, as the super sub. But those three were consistently interchanging. You know, Royce would be playing, playing the striker, then switch over to the right, and Sancho and Hazard, same thing. I think that can definitely be a successful attack. I'm not saying it's you know, preferable or what I'm wanting. I'm saying you can definitely perform at a, at a really high level. I think we were arguably the best team in Europe for a while with that kind of system. We were beating Atletico 4-0 at home and shit. Um, so if you have a, you know, a proper front three of... Uh, Adeyemi, Royce, and Malin. I mean, you could switch on, I don't know how many other attackers in the on the bench, like Reyna and things like that, Mukoko, um, Bino Gittens, keep going. Um, I think that's going to be a really sustainable attack. I'd rather have that personally. It's just me, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority of that, but I'd rather have that rather than have Hilaire up top and you're relying on Dehoud as our DM. And, you know, I guess you could throw Chan in there, but then you're just leaving our center back position that much more bare. And what happens if who gets injured? You have, what, Bellingham? Love Bellingham to death, but again, not a DM. And you are screwed at that point. I think that honestly could be a great option. Um, and it might even take pressure. Like you, instead of someone coming in and having to be carry the weight of yeah. the Holland goals, mm-hmm. you, you split that up and like you guys go to work. You guys are, it, it doesn't matter who is scoring the most. We don't have one one guy that we're focusing on. And, and figure out like that, that could be a good option. I, I want to hate it. Yeah. So, and then some people, obviously in the last 48 hours or so, I imagine someone's probably itching to talk about it, which is the Gundawan thing. And at first I was like, Oh, that's, that's actually not a bad idea. Set to leave this summer. Let me look into him. And then I was like, Oh wait, no, his, his contract ends next year, not this year. So that means we'd have to pay for him. And on top of that, I guarantee you're probably not going to get him on the same wages as that he wants at city. Obviously, he wants to come back to the Bundesliga. Maybe he would take a pay cut when he came to us. But if his contract doesn't end for a whole other year, you still have to go through Man City to get to him. And I just don't think that's worth the money. I mean, I think it's probably going to be at least 35 or so million for him. And at the time, you get Gundogan for 35. Again, don't know the financials of the team, but I can't think of a single summer where, especially coming after a season like, you know, where you had fans for like four games, is you're not getting that kind of revenue. Um, you're going to go out and sign you know, a handful of players for like a hundred million. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Uh, I like that we took this little transfer turn because now I can use a clickbait title like, oh, no striker yeah, at yeah. Dortmund. <laughs> Gun to one in. I'm going to, that's going to be the title of this back episode. To Dortmund, be question all this, mark? All this, all these random signing. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. As you're listening to this and you're reading the title, you can already see that <laughs> that's not what it is. Um, I mean, is there any other transfer stuff or, um, well, okay. I did want to, Mm-hmm. Christopher, who give him one more shout out because <laughs> so many times I'm like, no one's emailed us. Why doesn't people email us? And he reached out and gave us our first email. He even said, hey, no one's emailed you. So here's our first email. So big ups to him. Um, Where's where he from? He listens out of Finland, which is even cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. And uh, I just want to give Christopher a little heads up that he gave us, thank you for the kind words, he gave us a <laughs> lot of good questions that yeah. we'll probably get into next week when we do more of our season review and, mm-hmm. and recap and everything. So uh, more on Christopher next week. But, I mean, is there anything else you had before we dive into just previewing? Oh, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, just cool. going to preview. So, okay, we do. This is another opportunity to email us or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. As I said, it was at the BVB pod. But, of course, um, if you have been listening for a while, 
uh, during the winter break, we kind of went through we went through the the last year of Dortmund. Um, even though we weren't podcasting for the full mm-hmm. year, we mm-hmm. we gave some highlights of the season. We went through player stats, uh, kind of just reviewed everything, broke down a lot of got in a lot of stats, broke down a lot of stuff in hopes that this is how we can improve and look better next season. Yeah. This is just going to be fun to do to look over the season overall and highlight and show some appreciation for some. Uh, of our favorite players, which is where you come in. Um, over the next week, while you're listening to this episode, we're going to be posting polls and uh, other tweets just to get your feedback and your input because we want this to be not just Carver and I going over stats and giving our thoughts, but we we want you to going to give you a voice a little bit so you, you can help decide um, stuff like a player of the season, underrated player. We're going to throw in a biggest disappointment. Um, is that like... is Rainier not qualified for that one because he just didn't even get enough minutes to or but we'll see what we'll people in, we'll, we'll see what people put in there. And I'm the, telling you to vote him. Yeah. Um, and then we'll <laughs> we'll do like one one to watch. So obviously be looking out for tweets, but right now, a little mm-hmm. call to action. If you want to get on Twitter or Instagram, send us a, a message or just tweet at us at the BVB pod. Let us know your player of the season, your underrated player, who your biggest disappointment was. And you're one to watch for next season. Specifically, um, for for that one, that little category, it's not going to be a new signing coming in, but someone who we saw play this year. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, they, maybe they didn't play too much, um, but we we saw some good signs that you think will could be a breakout. I guess a breakout performer um, for next year. Yeah, feel free to participate however you want or however much you want. And excited to see your guys' responses. I'd love to see you know. If, if I'm in the, or if we're in the minority of things or majority of some opinions, what you guys think on certain players and transfers, management, uh, recruitment, and the whole nine yards. So I'd like to see uh, what you guys think. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we gave out those categories. Also, if you have any overall thoughts of this season, I think mm-hmm. we know a lot of people's overall thoughts, but if you take a nice big reflection and see how you feel and, and how you're feeling about looking forward to the next season, yeah. um, we're going to be back throughout this summer. This isn't going to be a. I said it before earlier in the episode, but this we're going to do our review, and then we'll we'll jump in if we have some big signing news or big news to cover, um, or some noteworthy friendly matches over the summer. We'll be back throughout, um, but mainly it's going to be this big review episode, and then we'll be back with uh, season previews and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, towards towards the end of July, I would imagine, or something like that, very beginning of August, and. Yeah, I just want to say that we've only done a, this for a half a season now, and we've already gained. Uh, I'm not gonna like brag about numbers. But I'm just saying, like it was. It's very overwhelming the you know the kind words that we've been getting, and you know having people reach out to us and and just and express their thoughts about just the team or just the show, whatever. Very awesome to always interact with you guys, and uh, again appreciate you uh, sitting down or whatever you do whenever you listen to podcasts and giving an hour of your time to listen to us ramble again for an hour. Or so uh, very happy to have you here, and we will definitely be here at the very very least next season with a lot more segments. Uh, already a handful of guests that we're going to have on that we're very excited about and we will see you then yep see you next week bye